I'm Alex Mellaris. And I'm Taisei Fu. We're back. Uh, I, I think we had said a few weeks ago, whenever our last one was, that we might miss an extra week now. And there, there's a good chance we would have, but we found this little window of availability for us to record, uh, which I'm thankful for because we actually have more to talk about based on the second half of August than I think we did in the entire first half of August, which is, is unusual. And it started it started with uh, two days after, I think, our last episode. We missed out on, on the big stuff. The Another Flames Day, Kadrian Monaghan. Um, we ha- we were I was so convinced Kadri was going to the Islanders. I want to know if you think Lou fumbled the bag or if it was just smoke and mirrors. Uh, I you know I think the, the I think it was smoke and mirrors. At the end of the day, um, I think the Islanders were probably a front runner and they had a good shot at signing him. But <laughs> it did feel like a lot of people just assuming based on the fact that he was available like deep. Uh, into August that you know he must have a deal with Lou but I think it's very very possible and I think it's likely that he just didn't have a fucking deal um, I, he just took a sweet time from from the moment free agency opened back in July um, I just don't think he he made a decision uh, up until like you know a month later uh, out on, on like the 19th um, and you know I don't know if he lost out on any money perhaps but I I'm not convinced that you know the Islanders had anything lined up, and uh, yeah, I haven't seen anything concrete about it. So I, uh, I think it was just a lot of speculation. Yeah. So, so this continues the insane offseason of the Calgary Flames. So now we can uh, we can kind of uh, make a summary of you know lose Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk and Erica Branson, and gain Jonathan Huberdeau, Mackenzie Weger, Nazem Kadri. Uh, there might be, you know, some other and Kevin Rooney as well, and I think a lot of people are kind of thinking that Calgary has not has like come out on top and actually improved out after coming out come out of this off season, which is kind of, kind of a miracle. I think I was I was listening I listened very briefly to an episode of the Chris Johnson show. And he was saying it kind of feels like um they've been forced to run their team like a fantasy team this year, like you know just trading all their top player. Well, not trading all of them, but you know basically totally revamping the way their lineup looks, um, but not necessarily out of choice, but because they were forced to. And I think the way Brad for living, basically, you know, his two most important players, his star players uh, basically wedged him into a corner and he still managed to come out with a bunch of excellent new additions that probably will keep Calgary first in the Pacific division. I think, uh, you know, for a GM we've been talking about as being, on the hot seat for the past five years. I think he's probably added at least another five years to his tenure. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Because yeah, this is, this is a situation in which, you know, you could argue maybe they could have done more to sign these guys earlier, but especially with Kachuk, it seemed like he was, you know, insistent on testing the market, um, at least in the near future, uh, or, you know, pushing for a trade like he did uh, after Goudreau left. So yeah, like he really did, you know, the most. Um, and I think we see, you know, like we see a lot when GMs are back in show corner, um, they'll make these panic moves uh, where they end up sacrificing a lot of their roster uh, or a lot of their future flexibility. Um, but I think Calgary probably sacrificed the least they could to get this to this point and to add this much talent to, the, to their roster. Um, obviously, you know, getting that big return on Kachuk helped. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, you know, like I, you know, and they gave up that first round pick to get to get rid of Monahan. 
Um, but yeah, if you really look at what they gave up, yes, the Russ is a bit older. Um, but aside from that, I mean, no, they, they, they in terms of, you know, quantity, uh, they still have the same number of top six forwards. They added, you know, a top pairing defenseman. Uh, and yeah, the, the roster still looks very, very good, very deep. Uh, and yeah, honestly, at center, you could argue they, you know, they look even better than before now that they've added Kadri, uh, really vaulting them to the, to the top of, you know, center depth in the league with, you know, Lindholm, now Kadri at number two and Backlund, who doesn't have to take that offensive role in a two C role and, uh, you know, can just kind of focus on shutting down as a third center guy. I'm going to very, very briefly change topics now yeah. uh, because a, a new signing has just been made, but we'll circle back to the Flames. Uh, this one, do you remember in, in 2012, Oilers had the first pick and took Neil Yakupov and Ryan Murray went number two. And then years after the fact, it came out like, oh, most of the Oilers staff wanted them to take Ryan Murray, but the owner or whoever was like, no, we got to take Yakupov. Do you remember this? Vaguely, vaguely. Anyway, the Oilers finally got Ryan Murray. <laughs> <laughs> years later just like him. Uh, yeah i i thought that was i think that's quite funny anyway um yeah so another name i forgot to list in flames players flames lost slash got rid of this offseason sean monahan this is uh, this was okay so the trade was you know of course sean monahan and a first round pick with a million conditions uh to montreal for nothing the cap dump to make room for cadre um, Monahan is coming off a straight up abysmal season. His injuries have, I think, hip injuries, if I'm, if I remember correctly, have slowed him down tremendously. He is, if I had to guess, unlikely to return to his previous thirty goal point per game form. Um, do you think you know giving up this first rounder, even with, uh, you know the they have the that added security of that first rounder that's coming from Florida in the Kachuk trade, which I think is what made them a little more comfortable with doing this. Do you think that's too high a price to pay? Well, I think what, what this whole, uh, the, the losses that they sustained with off season, um, the, one of the main real prices that the off seasons had or the, the management, um, has had to deal with is that they, there's no more patience, right? You cannot wait, uh, for, for, you know, development guys or guys who had bad season to get better. Um, you need to win right now. And I think that's one of the things that Calgary lost, uh, you know, when, when Gaudreau and Kachuk both left the door, you know, went out the door, um, was that, you know, before you looked at the team and it looked like, you know, you could, you could see this, you can, you can like, you know, you, you, you turn out pieces, um, but you could see that core uh, staying and having like a, a good five, six year playoff window as, as contenders. Um, but when they left, and you add guys who are a bit older in Huberto, who's already at 29, Wiggers 28, um, and, you know, Kadri, who's 31. Uh, you you need to, well, you know, minus Kadri because that's, you know, that's the whole Monaghan thing. Um, but you you needed to, you know, capitalize right now, especially, you know, Huberto and Wigger with their great contracts right now, um, to, yeah, win now, right? And to go all in, whether it's this year um, and or in the next two, three years while these guys are, you know, haven't gotten hit by the age curve too hard. So, you know, I, I get the urgency and you look at, you know, teams around the league, the, the amount of cap space that's available. Uh, yeah, I think they were just kind of pushed into that corner and, you know, it's a, I get it's a first round pick. Good thing there's a lot of protections, um, but I think it was a price they had to pay to add that cadre upgrade to make them really a bona fide contender because they need to be one this year because this team's going to age out much faster uh, given what's happened this offseason. Yeah, Sean Monaghan's one player, I'm... 
I'm really not used to being a negative value asset, even though he kind of is, even though it's just one year. Because, like, it's really, it wasn't very long ago that it was, you know, Monahan, Goudreau, Matthew Kachuk was, like, the big up-and-coming core of the Calgary Flames. And now, you know, within, you know, literally months of each other, all of them are gone. It seems like, you know, you, you snap your fingers, Monahan's on the fourth line after all his injuries, and Elias Lindholm is now the go-to center. Yeah, no, it's crazy. <laughs> just how fast it turned, I guess, well, you know, with Monahan in particular, really was the injuries. Um, but yeah, I just remember, I still remember he was like a positive asset in like fantasy hockey all the way back to just last year. You know, you could consider having him on his team. But uh, yeah, it, it just, the, the injuries hit him and he's nowhere near the player he was like, what, two seasons ago? And yeah, the, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you can't really blame Calgary. You know, nothing they could have really done. Player just got really, just got way worse. Uh, and yeah, they couldn't, they couldn't afford to wait on the guy, even on that one extra year he had left in his contract. I'm always interested in looking at teams' lineups on kind of getting the breakdown of how all the players were acquired. And Calgary right now has uh, an unusual skew away from players that they were drafted being on the team. I assume it's much lower than the average. Right now, looking at their, their 12-6-2 on cap friendly, only four forwards were drafted by them. Manjapani, Backlund, Dylan Dubé, Jacob Peltier, and only two defensemen, Rasmus Anderson and Oliver Shillington. Their entire top line acquired by trade, along with on their second line, Kadri and Blake Coleman in free agency. Yeah, so I think <laughs> certainly goes against the grain. Um, but, uh, I mean, they've been able to sign these guys to smart, you know. Usually you, you, you think you skew towards the players you draft. You typically get them under under good contracts. Um, but, no, like Calgary's been able to sign guys from outside uh, or guys that they trade for uh, without kind of falling for, you know, we just we acquired the guy, we, you know, we gave up the assets, we have to give him a massive contract. Um, no, they've, they've been able to, to hit on their contracts, and that's, that's a credit to True Living. Uh, because, yeah, the, generally their cap situation is pretty good. We've talked about it beforehand how, you know, it looks like they, they could still shed cap if they wanted to give up, you know, like trade away Lucic or, you know, Monaghan before they made that trade. Um, so, yeah, it is, it is a very well-cap-managed team, um, even despite the fact that, yeah, they acquired a lot of these guys externally. Have you tried to dig into the conditions on the pick of the Monaghan trade at all? You know, I tried. I, I really tried. Um, I gave it 10 minutes of my time. I gave it 10 minutes of my time, you know, reading one after the other. I kind of got it. This was, you know, back when it happened, though. So I have no recollection of really what it is. I know Montreal has an option to accept the draft pick if it falls in a certain range, whatever, whatever. And this is all happening like three, four years from now. Um, yeah, that's that's as far as I got. I think I had like a baseline understanding two weeks ago, but that has since completely evaporated. Yeah, cause it was, I, the the trade broke like I think kind of early afternoon ish. It was like you know all the insiders confirming Monahan is going to Montreal with a first round pick, but it wasn't made official for hours. And I was like, what's the holdup? What's the holdup? What's the holdup? Then when the conditions dropped, like everyone called, oh that that was the holdup. <laughs> they were going back and forth on these incredibly tiny details, and on cap friendly, it's explained probably about as clearly as it could get the actual official like NHL document of the conditions is filled with so much mind-numbing lawyer jargon. I don't know if you've seen that one. It's impossible to get a hold of. 
but I was I, so basically so cat friendly they list it with like scenario scenario sub scenario sub scenario and okay for for a one player trade it's insane that there's so much text but anyway so first of all as you said 2020 if Calgary's 2024 first round pick falls between 20 and 32 Montreal can choose to take that pick instead um if either it's not in that range or Montreal chooses not to take it then we move on to 2025 where there are two main events that could happen event number one is Calgary has received Florida's 2025 first round pick because of the Kachuk trade condition and scenario number two is that they didn't receive Florida's first round pick because the condition didn't happen or whatever it was. Scenario number one, where Calgary got Florida's first round pick. Do you want me to go through all this or is this just going to be incredibly boring? <laughs> Give it two minutes. Try to do it in two minutes. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm explaining as if I under- I'm kind of rereading it myself for the first time too. Okay. Um, if, if Calgary and Florida's picks are both not in the top 10 and, you know, Calgary has acquired Florida's, uh, if they're both not in the top 10, Montreal gets the higher pick. If Calgary's pick only is in the top 10 and Florida's is not, then Montreal receives Florida's pick. So basically it's, it's top 10 protected. Yeah. Cause I think condition, cause I think Florida Calgary maybe doesn't get Florida's pick if it's in the top 10 anyway. I think that has to be what it yeah. is. So yeah. So this pick is top 10 protected here. Uh, that if it's, but Montreal is going to get the higher, the highest one that's not in the top 10. That's a good way to put it. Montreal would get the highest of the two that's not in the top 10. Wow. I, I, I figured out the perfect phrase for it. All right. Anyway, scenario number two, if Calgary didn't receive Florida's first round pick, there are now two other sub scenarios in there. Uh, first of all, Calgary's pick, if it is not in the top 10, uh, Montreal will receive the Calgary pick and if Florida's pick is not top 10 is a better pick than I'm going to I'm going to stop I'm going to I don't know why I even tried to tackle this without fully understanding it let's move on to something else no one cares the where it really started to trip me up there's a sub scenario where it's like if Calgary's pick is first overall Montreal will receive a third round pick and it was like what are you talking about anyway I regret that. Yeah, yeah, you tried. Um, But yeah, we'll figure it out. Montreal will likely get a first-round pick at one point, maybe more. It's probably not going to be in the top 10. At some point. Yeah, okay. I think that's what we figured out. Sure, that's our takeaway from today. Has got a first-round pick, year, team, yet to be determined. And just, uh, yeah, show up for the draft and you'll figure it out then. How's that? Let the other people figure it out. Which is insanely good value for a player that they may play on the power play and who may rebound with like a... 18 goal pace who they can retain half on and trade a, a, at the deadline to someone who needs a third line center and get just you know more assets for yeah absolutely so this is uh for the six million dollars that they take on they get the first round pick and potentially more either via some sort of fucking trade condition or yeah just package them up send them away at the deadline uh and it's just like you know you spent your cap space to get some picks and uh yeah it's well done it's very well done you get a first round pick for this for a guy who only has one year left, too. This is not some big burden they're going to be carrying four years down the road. Um, yeah, it's, that's that's tidy work. Like considering Matheson. Exactly. So, yeah, it's good work. 
and uh, you know really taking advantage of the flat cap situation for the Habs. Another transaction that I want to point out, an insanely good value late offseason off deal for Carolina, signing Paul Stasny, one year, one and a half. I do not know why and how he got so late into the summer. He's 36, sure, but he's still quite productive. He was totally fine on the second line for the Jets. Uh, he scored 21 goals in 71 games and 45 points. And, you know, his defensive game has always been totally fine. And now... Uh, Carolina gets him at a bargain, possibly to be like third or maybe even fourth line center. Yeah, absolutely. For a third line center, I think he could absolutely play that role um, on, a, on a team that's already very deep. So, yeah, you could see him play fourth. Um, yeah, one and a half mil. I uh, don't, I, it's, I think it's this is part of the NHL middle class really getting squeezed. Um, where, yeah, teams are just out of cap space and they can't afford one and a half million dollars for a 36 year old guy. Uh, and you know, and, and so that's where he's kind of stranded. I think that's what happened. Um, and it's a phenomenon, you know, we just see throughout the league. It's uh, it's tough for people at his age range at his talent level. Yeah. I know people talk about like, you know, middle-class getting squeezed or I think even the, uh, the star zone or his name, I don't remember made some comment about it the other day when someone asked about like the Robertson and Ottinger negotiations. But I don't know if that's exactly what happened with Stasny. I feel like it's less so middle six forward gets squeezed as it is player who waits a little bit too long ends up getting squeezed because every year there are players who, you know, make who make that mistake and lose out on money. Like is Paul Stasny really that much less valuable than Mason Marchment who got like four by four and a half from Dallas on day one of free agency? I know he's older. I think they're still pretty comparable players, though. Yeah, I think that it's. I think it's more of a general trend. I mean, you still have your guys like Kevin fucking Rooney, right? We mentioned him earlier, getting a contract from the Flames. Um, but yeah, I think you know, I think in in a, in a situation where the cap is growing regularly, um, you know, maybe guys can wait longer and they still get snapped up for more money. I think you know what I mean. Like obviously, there's there's going to be the di- di- distribution of. Yeah, players who get contracts and players who don't. You know, you make mistakes with your agent. Um, but I think as a, as a general trend, um, yeah, mid-level players are not... The, the contracts aren't being as handed out as easily uh, as they were, like, four years ago. Yeah, wait, so were you were you saying that, like, sometimes players will, like, wait long into the offseason and still get a, a good deal? Because, like, especially someone's of Stasny's caliber, I don't really remember that ever happening. I feel like that kind of mid-tier, low-tier level of player, the strategy has to be take the biggest contract you get offered on day one because there's never going to be a better one than that. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't have any examples off the top of my head. That's very possible. Um, but yeah, I, you know, maybe he just would have gotten, you know, a better offer earlier on. Like the offer that he was waiting for would have actually showed up at his door instead of him kind of getting left hung out to dry deep in here. I'm not sure. Honestly, I don't have a great grasp of agent negotiations um but yeah that's just my sense this is like it is weirdly low for boss nasty at this point i don't think it's really low for phil kessel though who signed like an identical contract because he's kind of a defensive liability to be honest but he's fun yeah so is, is, this, is this our a1 transition um yeah sure why not yeah. so yeah went to vegas uh yeah it was I, I didn't i didn't remember the contract uh details but yeah sure one and a half million dollars um 
that's you're right. Defensive liability. I mean, it, it was to the point where like we're worried for this guy. Uh, not only would he get signed in the first place, but you know, is he going to sign somewhere where he might get healthy scratch, lose that that games played streak that he's got on right now? Um, and the and, answer is yes. <laughs> no, I think I think he's. It, you look at the depth on Vegas. The depth on Vegas on the wing is not great. So I think he can. You know, how many games does he have left? About thirty before he does it, and then he can retire. Um, I think. And plus, you know what? The big thing I got out of that. Um, the, the big piece, the nice quote, um, was that Phil Kessel sure sounds motivated, um, which, you know, good for him after like two years of like fucking around in Arizona doing jack shit and just racking up the games played. Um, he sounds like he wants to win. He sounds like he wants to be good. And I think that in and of itself, it may be small, but I think it's, it's a positive thing. It means he'll work to keep his roster spot and we can still continue to cheer from. I'm optimistic, barring an injury that he, uh, gets the record. This was a, a good PR move for Vegas, I would say, because everyone was talking about how god-awful their vibes are as of late. And who doesn't love Phil Kessel? You know, lighten the mood a little bit. But I am I think I'm probably less optimistic than you that he's going to end up breaking this record. Because, do you really trust... Sure, the winger, the winger depth on Vegas is uh, leaves much to be desired. But are you really going to put it past the team who traded Max Patch ready for nothing to properly evaluate its wingers? Because I will not... And I will say that I can easily envision a scenario where in the fourth game of the regular season, or whatever, Kessel gets scratched in favor of William Carrier, Jake LeCision, Keegan Colasar, and Michael Amadio. How about that? Ain't no way. Ain't no way. I will, I will throw a fit. And this is the risk that Vegas oh, takes with this. Of course. This is the risk Vegas takes on. This is a positive move PR-wise. Um, but if you manage to scratch this guy, you're fucked. Now everybody's going to hate you. Without a single exception, um, so yeah, they're, while the hot, they're, they're you know you, you might have a great record night. Um, it's a big celebration for Phil. If you do manage to interrupt that, uh, nobody's gonna like you. Nobody's gonna like it, and yeah, might as well leave the league at that point. Uh, because yeah, the, you're right. There's, nothing has gone right PR wise for Vegas. They're they're uh, you know PR laughing stock, and there's still room to screw up on this one. I gotta say. Does Bruce Cassidy feel like the type of coach who would scratch Kessel just because he thinks it's the streak is like a distraction to the team or whatever, and you can't put the the no eye in team? I think that's a that's a Mike Babcock thing to do. I I think Bruce Cassidy seems to be relatively player friendly, so I'm gonna say no. That's the early take. He doesn't seem like that kind of coach. Okay. The weird thing, one very weird thing though about Kessel playing on Vegas is that I think, yeah, it's got to be for the first time in his career, he won't be wearing number 81 because Marshall Soe's got mm. 81 and Kessel's wearing number 8. That's going to be strange, man. That's going to be strange. It takes some getting used to. Wonky. Um, or maybe won't because maybe I won't watch any Vegas games this year. Who knows? Who knows? Except that one. <laughs> you know, I'll watch. <laughs> well, I want to know exactly how many games he has left. Um... Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. Look it up. See who, uh, see who the game's against. Iron Man streak. So yeah, Phil Kessel. So he beats uh, Keith Yandel. Wait, Keith Yandel did it. Keith Yandel ended up. Yeah, he broke it, right? I thought so. Yeah, here it says. Hmm. Why does it say seven here? This one says one streak is. His says the record is nine eighty nine, and Phil's at nine eighty two. Hmm. 
Always really that close. Go. What, 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 what website are you on? So. No way. I'm on the NHL website. I'm going on Quant Hockey because they usually they're pretty accurate with that type of thing. Here we go. NHL all-time games played leaders. Uh, we've got. Oh wait, no, that's not what I want. <laughs> well, I'm so stupid. We're not games. I'm like, why is Patrick Marlowe in first? I don't. So I don't know where to look for the Iron Man streak. Uh, maybe I feel like I feel like Wikipedia had one. Top ten NHL Iron Man all time. That should tell me something. Have you pulled anything up? I I, I see. I found a Wikipedia article. It still gives me the seven game number. Yeah, I think that's it. Then no I way. think he's. I think he's seven games away. I think so. <laughs> I think he's that close. Because <laughs> no. oh, remember, remember yeah. we were talking. We were talking about like Yandel is about twenty games ahead of Kessel. I think Yana was scratched with like maybe eight, nine, ten games or so left to go in the season. So this distance makes makes sense. Huh. Well, I really thought he was like out there. Um, but no, he just has seven games. He doesn't even I knew need to. I, I thought it was going to be like 30 games, but he is close. Okay, so what's Vegas' eighth game of the year? Uh, I think it's the Sharks. The seventh is the Maple Leafs. So he'll tie it in Toronto. And then oh, the next funny. night, he'll he'll cross it versus the Sharks. Uh, yeah, he doesn't even need to make it out of October. He just needs to <laughs> stay healthy. So why didn't anyone sign him sooner? Weeks. Just play him eight understand. games. Yeah, this is not uh, that big of a commitment. If Vegas managed to screw this yeah, up, really. that's on them. That is fully on them. Um, but, wow. Are you afraid that's, of injury at all? Close. Oh, I'm terrified. Of course I am. You know, you think he's a marked man now that everybody knows? No, I think it's the opposite. I think everyone's like, oh, we better not touch Phil. Everyone's going to hate us. Honestly, though, you know, it's it's October. These games don't feel like they mean as much as, you know, like in a, a March game. Don't go full tilt on Phil Kessel. There's no, there's no reason for it. So, yeah. Of course not. Go for it, Phil. Our king. Uh-huh. So, speaking of Vegas, um... We talked about did we we did talk about Robin Leonard missing all of next season. Yes, we did. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did not talk about the fact that Kelly McCrimmon said publicly, "We're going into next year with a tandem of Laurent Brassois and Logan Thompson. We feel good about that." And then heard himself say that out loud and realized <laughs> how dumb it sounded, and went out and acquired Aiden Hill to uh, to chip in. Yeah. Good for the. I mean, like it's barely an upgrade, though. It like, well, it's it's not starter caliber. Tell you that. Aiden Hill at this point is a backup goalie. So now they have what two backup goalies and Logan Thompson, who I don't even qualify as a backup goalie. He's like an AHL goalie. Um, so you know, it's not that much better, and they're just there to hold the fort. But then again, it's the entire season. So yeah, I think it, it's insurance. They might, they you know, see, we were talking like Laurent Brasson might not even be healthy to begin the season. So, you know, at least this Aiden Hill, they'll have two healthy goalies to begin the year at least. Um, but even then, I mean, yeah, Hill's nowhere near starter caliber. Um, I think it was San Jose. Was where they got him from? San Jose thought he was, right? Didn't they acquire him just last year for like a second round pick? Well, they, they acquired him, you know, in the hopes that he could maybe be that, but if not, that he would tan him with James Reimer. Mm-hmm. And Reimer was much, much better than him, so he became the backup. Yeah. And then they required Capo Kakinen to be the backup instead. So 
I guess he fell out of favor there. Yeah, so it looks like you just acquired the third string goalie of the San Jose Sharks. The San Jose Sharks. Brutal. Uh-huh. <laughs> I do. I'm. I think. I think the deal is fine. You know, based on the circumstances, only giving up a fourth rounder to get an option in net when you were that desperate. That's okay. And I do not underestimate because everyone talks about how unpredictable goaltending is and especially when you have you know no sure things nothing close to a sure thing like vegas having three question marks uh is 50 percent better than having two that's my perspective yeah but the way i see it they got three question marks for you know a supposed contender they're boned <laughs> i got very little faith um, no, think about it. Like you, you see, you got to say it out loud, just like Kelly McCrimmon did. You know, they, you have Aiden Hill, Logan Thompson, and Laurent Bassois, and that's your starting goal pending for an alleged playoff team. That's absurd. Uh, and yeah, I mean, yeah, they were they're in a the corner. There's no, they're not really any starters to acquire. So sure, you know, they did they try to make the best of the situation. Fine, you know, that's right. Fourth round pick is not too much, but their situation still stinks. It's it's ass, all right, and they don't have a goalie heading into the Of course, the season, it does. Um, who's anywhere near starting caliber? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know who does have a goalie though, is Dallas. You know, I I mm. haven't even been planning these mm. transitions. I've been nailing every single one Crazy. of them though. Dallas. This is my uh, signed Jake Ottinger. Yeah. This was one of the most interesting RFAs on the market, um, because he's been you know a pretty good starting goalie for the past two seasons or so. And followed it up this year in the playoffs with a Dominic Hasek-like seven-game performance with a 954 save percentage in seven games and almost uh, dragged Dallas past the Calgary Flames, but not quite. So it's kind of a, a tale of, of two seasons or two careers, I guess, for Andre so far. Where, you know, where you're fine and you're a superstar. And of course, the year a superstar sample size is much smaller, but you can you can imagine how you know that's that's what Jake Ottinger and his agent would want to emphasize in the negotiations. So honestly, I my guess would have been that uh, they agreed to go the Th- the Thatcher Demko route, uh, where he ended up signing uh, a longish term deal. I think it was five by five, uh, whenever he was in RFA, and everyone was kind of like, yeah, he's. He's been pretty good so far. If he keeps it up, maybe improves a bit. And this is going to be a very sweet deal, but you never know with these young goalies. And turns out he's continued to be excellent. Um, and I thought Dallas was going to do that with Ottinger too, especially because similarly to Vancouver and Demko, it doesn't matter what how much money you gave to Thatcher Demko. If he became, if he wasn't going to be worth five million dollars, he would have been screwed anyway. So I think Ottinger would have maybe been. Uh, a smart player uh, to commit to long-term, maybe hope to save some cap room down the road and get a very good goalie at a bargain. Yeah, I think, you know, that that's one approach. Um, you're right. Especially you look at Dallas's current situation, um, just roster-wise, is not looking very good. I mean, like, they have, you know, the young players, but they only have, like, three of them, and everybody else kind of stinks. Uh, so yeah, you could have gone big money and, you know, there's not much up the pipeline for Dallas. So, I mean, I don't think they really have any hopes of contending. So if they did sign the kind of Demko contract, uh, you, you don't really envision a scenario in which, oh my goodness, this is, this guy's contract is ruining the team at worst. 
it's a bad contract. You get over it, you move on, you find a new goalie. Um, so yeah, they they could have done that. Um, I think I think the issue is I don't think Dallas uh, is in that mindset where they want to risk it all like that on Ottinger. I think they have a different view of what their roster is and and what kind of aspirations they want to have. And so you you know you go a bit more conservative. You give them three by four, um, and yeah, you don't risk blowing up your cap situation, even though maybe that wouldn't be like a terrible thing for this particular organization. Dallas is they're in such a funny spot right now, uh, especially you know after after losing Klingberg on on defense, uh, but their forwards especially, obviously you know J- Jason Robertson is still in RFA, he's their best player, and Rupe Hintz and Joe Pavelski they were an excellent line last year. Beyond that, you have extreme cap liabilities, Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan, and an absolutely abysmal bottom six that includes the likes of Radek Foxa, Luke Glendening, Marion Studenik, Yoel Kiviranta, etc. That type of player. But I also am very interested by the fact that Dallas um, has like three of the absolute very best uh, young prospects in the NHL. Um, in Maverick Bork, who they took in the first round in 2020 and absolutely tore up the QMJHL last year, uh, along with Wyatt Johnston and Logan Stankoven. The, uh, they have all been coming along excellently, excellently in their in their development. Johnston and Stankoven were, were both just... Um, no, Johnston I don't think was at the World Juniors, but Stankoven was excellent there. And Wyatt Johnston um, won like OHL Player of the Year, I think. So that's like... those And those are all all centers, and I think Stan Coven can play the wing, but those are all forwards uh, with extreme promise and great potential to all, you know, make this team very soon and make a massive difference. Um, so, you know, I look at this terrible bottom six, and I'm like, what if those three players all impress a training camp and make the team and become, like, a three-headed monster of rookies uh, that brings Dallas to, I don't know, the top of the Central Division? Nah. I, 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 I get the optimism, but at the end of the day, but they're what like if? the rookies. You know? <laughs> I or, think that's so unlikely. And I don't think, All I'm saying yeah. is I think there's a lot of promise for Dallas in the pipeline, even with just those three players. And I don't think they're boned long-term or anything like that. Well, I think the issue is, like, you know, the Ben and Sagan contracts are still pretty long-term. Um, so, 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 so in the short to medium term, there's not much you can do uh, to, you know, kind of get around that. And so at that point, just stop. Don't don't try to save the cap for the for for the next few years. Um, you can kind of kind of risk it. And yeah, like kind of bank on the you know when these guys start to enter their prime. I mean, like uh, the three guys that you mentioned. Um, but you know, even like Robertson, Hints, they're both still pretty young. Um, so I think. You know, they, this is this this current iteration. I feel like, you know, there, you can have optimism for the rookies, but I think that optimism is is misplaced if you expect it to make a, a significant difference in the next say two years. Uh, I think it's too soon, and I think the rest of the roster is just not strong enough, um, whether it's depth on on defense or even at forward to make that jump because you can't upgrade because you're like what committing twenty million dollars to Ben and Sagan. Man, why do you, why does it always have to be so negative? <laughs> Yeah, Debbie Downer over here. Um, yeah, yeah, I just negative, you know I don't see the path to contendership. No matter all all the you can have all the great prospects you want. Um, yeah, this team this team kind of stinks, uh, and that 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 starts with Ben and Sagan. 
Um, they stink because of those two. Because of those two contracts, I have zero optimism. Um, if this team was better in okay. a better cap situation, I would understand. Um, but, you know, they're not. So, that's a yikes. Okay, Jamie Benn's got three years left on his deal. That's not crazy. Mm-hmm. Tyler Sagan's out five. That is that is crazy. If Sagan goes on LTIR at some point, then what? Does your stance change? Do you think Dallas could become a bona fide Stanley Cup contender by 2026? Well, I, you know, you're, you're you're banking a lot on these rookies, uh, really kind of taking yes. a top six role because they don't. I they don't have enough top six players. They're going to be stars. <laughs> like you know, long term, how many? How many top six players do they currently have on their roster? What is it, two? You know, like in the it next, is, in like three years from now? It is, it, wait, no, like at this present going into next season, how many top six players do they have on their team? No, I'm saying like if you're projecting for 2026, how many players can you reasonably say are going to be in your 2026 top six that are currently, you know, on, on the active roster? It's Robertson, it's his. Oh, you can't. And, well, now you're just... Now you're just making like you know a bunch of qualifiers. Like, how many players are going to be in the top six? I could say Robertson, Hints, and reasonably any of those three prospects: Johnston, Bork, and Stankoven. But now, based on your qualifier for your dumb question, I'm not allowed to say those three. Well, no, you can. So, so no, I'm saying you know there's just not enough to to make that top six, um, to round that out, and then to to have like. And that you, you, know, you can't just add all three of those guys that are prospects. So say, you know, one or two of them hit, you're still missing like two top six guys. And you know, the rest of the roster is kind of barren. So Yeah, well, I, that's four years. Maybe maybe this is a bad thought exercise of trying to guess wh- exactly uh, what Dallas's lineup is going to look like in four years. Fair. That's, that's, that's a perfectly valid criticism of this exercise. Um, that we accidentally yeah. stumbled into. Yeah. <laughs> But even in this thought exercise, I have trouble envisioning a contender out of this current roster, out of this current cap situation, and even this prospect pool. You're just—you've always been a Dallas non-believer, haven't you? Yeah, I'm a Dallas fan. I have no faith <laughs> whatsoever. They're—they're they're a very mid franchise, uh, and they just do mid things. They are like like this middle of the road contract for Andre that is going to be like fine. Like Pete DeBoer, the coach. You know? Oh God! Yeah, that too, right? Like it's just everything's kind of mid, and they don't swing for the fences that often. Everything is just kind of okay. Let's take the safe route. Let's like this. Oh, let's try to aim for eighth in the conference, and they get it, sure. But where are you really? You know, you're you're here with a twenty million cap hit for two guys who stink for the next three to five years. How much uh, do you think Jason Robertson's going to get on his deal? That will probably be signed soon. Versus. Uh, how much do you think he should get? Man, that's so tough. I have not, like, I don't know. He should probably get, like, what? Like, oh, so it depends. Like, how do we expect a long or short-term contract? Um, if you're Dallas, yeah, lock him up. He's the guy that you should lock up. Um, one of the two players who I said you could see on your team in three to four years. Um, so if you gave him, like, eight years, he's 23, you take him to 31. Sure, give him nine and a half million dollars. But that's not gonna happen. Well, really, nine and a half. Yeah, I think I think it's a real deal. Like he, him and Hints, they drove the boat for that entire offense all season, right? Um, yes, just, nine and a half though. That's 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 pretty rich. I would. I would do it. I would do it for a guy who's twenty three. You're gonna take him till he's thirty one. You're just eating his entire twenties. Um, I think that's fine. I'd be comfortable going up to nine AAV. I think. Okay, and where do you think it's gonna land? 
I think he's gonna be bridged like Ottinger. Um, and you know, I I don't think players like Robertson mind that really because you know then they get the massive payday on the next deal, kind of yeah. like Alex Dobrynka's gonna do pretty soon. Um, and Jason Robertson is I think a similar level player. So I think say he gets, uh, how old is he? He's twenty three. Twenty three. I'm not sure if three. Would he still be RFA after a three year deal, or would he need to have a two year deal? Do you know? No idea. Let's see if I can. Okay. Say it's two years. Yeah. Um, I think, I think he gets like six mil for two years, and I was gonna go. Oh, that's such a bargain, and it is because then when that's done, he's gonna get like ten and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Yeah, the, the problem is he has no real negotiating power to push for more than six. Because based on his play, you could get you could argue for seven, eight. No, maybe not eight, but seven at least. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm pro bridge deal, pro short term for the players. Um, that's how you you maximize value, especially you know given the flat cap when it does eventually start moving up. Um, you want to you don't want to be locked in an eight year contract and not be able to take advantage of it. Yeah, um, and that's something. The Buffalo Sabres knew that it's smart to lock up players long-term, which is why Tage Thompson got a seven-year deal, total of $50 million, $7.142857 million AAV. This, I honestly think, is currently the most interesting player in the entire National Hockey League. That is my... I have a very... There is no one more fascinating to me than Tage Thompson <laughs> at this moment. Uh, you start. Oh, okay. You don't want to qualify. You want to wait. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah, sure. So, the, so yeah, Tate Thompson had one really damn good season, right? Um, he scored almost 40 goals, played, played the whole season and, you know, he had like 68 points prior to that, you know, there was, it was, it wasn't much in terms of sample size. Uh, he played 40 games a year before had 14 points. So he really just kind of exploded he shot like 15% over the course of the season. Uh, and yeah, the Buffalo Sabres said, this is the future. We are completely sold on this guy uh, and gave him seven fucking years for $7 million. Um, yeah, I'll, my take on this, it's uh, you should have just gone for a shorter term deal. See if he's the real deal. If he drives the bus this upcoming year, fine. That's great. Give him his payday. Um, yeah, sure, it'll be more expensive than $7 million, but at least you'll have that kind of reassurance that he's legit. Um, but, yeah, this is really just one season of, you know, great performance, and they locked him in for seven years. I think it's it's too early. It's too early for Tage Thompson, or it's too early for the Buffalo Sabres uh, to, to sign this kind of contract. It's extraordinarily risky. My God. Keep in mind, he wasn't even an RFA yet. He had another year left on his current deal at a 1.4 million AAV. They could have just waited it out and said, you know, play for 1.4 again. We'll see how you do. And then we'll talk contract. And I think everyone, literally everyone agrees that that would have been the smarter thing to do. Because do you really think Tage Thompson is going to perform better than he did this year? You think he's going to score 50 goals and all of a sudden now you have to give him like 9 million or something? Like the, the downside on it, uh, is you know much more pronounced than the upside of this compared to if you had just waited. But what I want to talk about with what makes him so interested because we have you know there are breakout players all the time in the NHL, but a lot of the times, especially if the breakout player is uh, 
24 years old, like Dave Thompson won this past season. It's a player everyone kind of saw coming. Like, oh, this player's got a lot of potential. They're going to break out soon. Tage Thompson, by age 23, everyone had written him off. They said, he's a bum. He's going to play on the fourth line forever. And it was honestly, it was like, like there was nothing to indicate he had this potential in him. In his draft year, he played for University of Connecticut. Uh, he scored 32 points in 36 games, which is very good for someone of that age at that level. But what I learned listening to uh, Puck Soup yesterday was that he had 14 goals that season, and 13 of them were on the power play. And the only even strength goal he scored that year was uh, against uh, an Arizona State team, I think, that had like five wins the entire season and a goalie who dropped to Division Three the year after that. Uh, so anyway, he was drafted in the first round by the St. Louis Blues. Um, he played a bit in the AHL the year after that. The year after that, he played 41 games, half a season in St. Louis, nine points. Then, of course, was a part of the famous Ryan O'Reilly trade. And Ryan O'Reilly led St. Louis to the promised land, the Stanley Cup. And everyone said, oh, Buffalo, worst trade ever. You got a bunch of nothing pieces. Patrick Berglund, Vladimir Sabatka. I uh, drafted Ryan Johnson with that first-round pick. Tage Thompson is awful. He scored 12 points the next year. Uh, and then he, uh, what did he do? He only played one NHL game in 1920. Maybe he was injured. I don't know. And then his, his career high in goals uh, was eight. He had eight goals, 14 points, and 38 games in the 56-game 2020-21 season. And at this point, you know, when a player is 23 years old, especially someone who's kind of, you know, underlying offensive numbers, kind of, oh, yeah, he's good on the power play, but even strength, he can't really do anything. He's just big. He's not very fast. He's never shown a prolific scoring touch, uh, even at the AHL, let alone the NHL. Uh, and now he's turning 24 years old. And all of a sudden, Buffalo decided to move him from the wing to center. Not only that, but make him first line center after Jack Eichel was traded. Well, actually, Jack Eichel didn't even play this past season for Buffalo anyway. Played him with, you know, the best wingers, Jeff Skinner and Alex Tuck. And all of a sudden, 38 goals. 38 goals. That's insane. And this morning, I watched a highlight pack on YouTube of Tage Thompson, of all the goals Tage Thompson scored this season. He passes the eye test too, let me say. Sorry, I didn't watch much of Tage Thompson in Buffalo this season. But he scored some really impressive goals. He scored some off the rush. He scored some with an incredible shot from far out. He scored some in tight. He scored his goals all in different ways. And I know, obviously, when you're looking at the highlight pack of the goals someone scored, it's generally going to make them look pretty good. But he looked dominant. And I I still think that, that that it's not smart to sign him to this deal at this point. But I also think... Um, I don't know. I don't even because I want to say uh, a lot of people are under underestimating the fact that Tage Thompson may have you know finally hit his stride and he actually is this good of a player. But I also want to emphasize the fact that he never showed any signs of possibly being this good before this season, and because of that, there's definitely a lot of reason to believe that there that it could be a flash in the pan. So that's why Tage Thompson is the most interesting NHL player that there is. Yeah. Your case is well presented. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's that risk that uh, this is just kind of a fluky season. He, you know, he he the, the, he followed the phenomenon of like you know someone's got to score <laughs> over the course of an eighty-two goal season. Um, not to say it was dog shit, but you know certainly boosted by the fact 
um, yeah, first line center minutes, power play time, um, all that to, to kind of boost his numbers um, where, you know, maybe he's not somewhere close to a 30, 38 goal kind of caliber guy. And if he isn't, then $7 million a year for the next seven years is going to be tough to justify that price. And that's the issue. Um, yeah, I find it hard to see. It, 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 I think it's very unlikely that he lives up to that contract or even, you know, outperforms the contract uh, given, you know, just the, the, just how small the sample size is of Tage Thompson kind of exploding on the scene. See, I, I'm hesitant to call the sample size small because the sample size is 78 games long of, of dominance. Um, and the underlyings from, from this season are, are very good too. Uh, an unbelievable step up from the previous seasons in his career. And I'm also hesitant to chalk it up to the someone has to score phenomenon because I feel like the someone has to score phenomenon is like when Ryan Dezingle scored like 20 goals for the Senators in 2018. Like, sure, someone has to score. No one has to score 38 goals. Most teams don't have a 38 goal score. I feel like he played like a first line center this year from the start to the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I think, uh, well, I, I don't think the, the, the phenomenon made Tage Thompson. I think it might have just boosted his stats. Um, and it's, I think it's also a huge thing, right? I, I mentioned, um, you know, the first line minutes, I get it's also tough competition. Um, but yeah, you get first power play, first power play time that, uh, you know, can go a long way to helping someone's points. Um, but yeah, I'm not saying he wasn't good this season. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, maybe it boosted his stats a bit. Uh, and yeah, we'll see. We'll see if he can keep it up. Right. Um, yeah, we see like a, a big swing in improvement from one season to the next. Uh, over the course of last year, we'll see if there's a, a similar swing moving forward. Um, yeah, maybe he just like fucking figured it out. That's possible. At which case, like seven million dollars is like fine. Is so like that's that's also part of the issue. It's like yeah, it doesn't like it, like the upside is like okay, like it's an okay contract and everything went right, you know. Um, so yeah, even the win is you know obviously you get you get yourself a great center, but like contract wise, you're exposing yourself to a lot of risk, um, where you know the potential for a bargain is maybe not as as clear cut, um, or as or as great even if he does hit. Yeah, I mean the message at least is very clear with the contract, which is Tage Thompson is our number one center for the very long term, and what do you think about that? Uh, <laughs> which is it's bold, but I mean. You know, if he keeps up the level of play that he had this season throughout the entire thing, I think I think the deal is perfectly fine. Um, I wouldn't have made it. I'll reiterate again, despite the fact I'm complimenting Tage Thompson profusely, I think waiting it out was the smart thing to do. Um, but an, actually, oh, here's a, here's a fun stat. This is like the identical deal to the Kevin Hayes contract on the Flyers. Makes it look a little better when you think of it that way, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty friendly comp for for Dave yeah. Thompson. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in conclusion, I'm a Tage Thompson yeah. believer. I think he's going to score at least 30 goals again this season. I think Buffalo is going to be better as well, despite the fact that Eric Comrie's their starting goalie. Um, and I think Owen Power is going to win the Calder. I just made that one up off the top of my head, but I'll I'll sit with it. I'll live with it. Okay. All right. I think my take is that, you know, being the negative Nancy that I am, don't like the vibes of the Sabres. They have a whole bunch of good talent, um, but I don't trust this organization to 
to pull it together. I think Tage Thompson regresses. He scores 18 goals this year. And uh, we're all talking about this contract <laughs> as if it's uh, completely stank in like two years. So there's, there's honestly, my prediction. I'm even, it's, Tage Thompson. Yeah. It was honestly even generous of you to say there's a whole bunch of good talent on the Buffalo roster. Because I don't know if I would go that far. Yeah, fair enough. Not on the roster, you know, just like upcoming. You know, maybe the maybe people are optimistic that you know it is risky. You know, the Owen Power, Darlene takes another step. You know, all that. Just the young guys. You know, they've got decent. You know, young talent uh, with respect to the rest of the league, but you know, still a dog shit team. And uh, yeah, belongs in the basement. And yeah, that's my taste. That's my taste on the prediction. <laughs> you say thirty, I say eighteen, um, and that's what we're paying seven million dollars okay. for. They had an incredible draft this year, though, and they do have a very good pipeline. But man, they should have drafted Jesper Wallstead when they had the chance, instead of Isaac Rosen. Ooh, their yes. goaltending is so yeah. barren. And nobody in the pipeline. That one <laughs> they drafted a Tobias Lainen in this year in the second round. This year, the famously mm-hmm. the year with no good goalies, but but alas, time that one a bit off. Um, okay, so yeah, that's. That's the Buffalo Sabres. Um, what other news is there? There was a trade. I don't see. I, I can't do the transitions, man. I just don't have it. I don't <laughs> have it. Um, but yeah, there was a trade. Um, you know, Dmitry Kulikov was traded from the Wild uh, to the Ducks for free. Um, future considerations uh, in a in a move that's you know. Uh, so I'll start with Anaheim. This is, this is good for Anaheim because we talked. You know, when they signed. Uh, Klingberg, there's like nobody on that defense. There's it's barren besides like him and Drysdale, and yeah, Kulikov's a nice addition to the bottom four. He's good defensively, and he comes like at a reasonable price at two point two five million dollars. A free defenseman. What's not to love for Anaheim? Yeah, uh, I'm surprised that this is the one Minnesota wanted to get rid of because he really is, you know, he's a defensive stalwart and. Actually, I hadn't been a you know a Kulikov fan forever. I thought he was kind of overrated, but he's actually a very excellent defensive defenseman. That being said, though, I I was glad to see this deal happen, um, because it clears up a spot on Minnesota's blue line for a player I really enjoy, which is Kalen Addison, who is absolutely ready for the NHL. Has been very good in his limited NHL showings, and borderline dominant in the AHL where he's been for a little too long now. And now, and, and there had been a logjam on Minnesota, you know, Spurgeon, uh, Brodeen, Dumba, Jacob Middleton, uh, Kulikov had been there, John Merrill, I think I'm forgetting a name, uh, Alex Goligoski. Yeah, that's it. So I was like, not much room for Kalen Addison. Now, there's some room for, for Kalen Addison. And I am excited to watch him flirt. Kalen Addison's going to win the Calder. There, what do you what do you think of that? <laughs> you say he's gonna tie with Owen Power. Is that your take? Yeah, it's gonna be a perfect tie between Owen Power and Kalen Addison uh, for the Calder Trophy. Now, yeah, there you go. You heard it here first. Um, yeah, I think you know. I'm surprised they couldn't they couldn't get something for Kulikov. To be totally honest, because I feel that you know it just feels like a very reasonable contract at two point two five million dollars, and it's just completely goes to show. reasonable. The state of you know the cap in the league, um, yeah. Like I think normally, uh, you would you could get like a mid round, mid to high round pick, uh, for a guy like Kulikov who's just you know a very good defensive defenseman. Um, 
But yeah, they had to give him up for nothing. This is this is uh kind of a, a, a poor man's like patch ready trade where you know he's not a cap liability, it's just Minnesota needs the cap room and uh, nobody wants to pay him shit for it uh, because nobody has the space for it. Kind of, it kind of does feel like Minnesota maybe was like, we need to make room for Kalen Addison. So they were like, oh, we'll trade Dmitry Kulikov for nothing. You know what would have been smart for the Red Wings to not sign Ben Sherratt and acquire Dmitry Kulikov for nothing instead? Yeah, 100%. Um, that, that would have been a way. Well, at least that wouldn't have been a negative move um, to begin with. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, no, 100%. I don't understand that. Um, but yeah, this seems like the kind of thing, well, I think it's hard to predict. I, it feels like Minnesota kind of decided they wanted to do this. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I think they have been chopping him, actually, now that I, now that I say that out loud. Um, so yeah, shame on Detroit. You bungled it. And yeah, as I said for Anaheim, free defenseman. But I think just flip him. I think he has only one year left on his contract. Uh, it's a I solid so. asset. All right, last piece of news before I guess who. There is one player who we talk about a lot on this show. We talked about him a lot during the Colorado Avalanche Stanley Cup run. Far too much. So we must talk about him again now that he's found a new team. That is 35-year-old Jack Johnson signing with the probably basement-dwelling Chicago Blackhawks. For 950k, this is a terrible team. We tore it all down, signing a terrible player who just won the Holy Grail, the trophy. Doesn't get any more fun than that. Um, and you know, Chicago, they have some young defensemen who may or may not ever amount to anything, such as Alex Vlasic, Alec Regula, Ian Mitchell, Isaac Phillips, Nicolas Baudet. Will any of them make the team? Who knows? Jack Johnson, though, is probably going to uh, slide in on that bottom pairing. Now, we got a six in Chicago. Here's a six. Seth Jones, Jake McCabe, Connor Murphy, Caleb Jones, Riley Stillman, and Jack Johnson, who's currently, you know, the, the obstacle for all those young defensemen. You just got to beat out Jack Johnson, see if any of those five can do it. Yeah, I guess the bar's pretty low, but they paid a good amount of money for him. Like 950k is not, not league min, so yeah, good for Jack Johnson. Secured the bag. We love to see it. Bamboozled yet another team into signing him. Uh, yeah, this guy's just the greatest con artist of all time. Uh, I don't know how he does it. And yeah, this fucker's 35 years old. Most players do not make it to this point in their career, and a lot of them are way Especially better than Jack ones. fucking Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. And he, well, this now he's got pedigree, though. So, yeah. Yeah, he's got the cup pedigree. And if any team were to sign Jack Johnson, this would be near the top of my preference list because of just how straight up terrible they're going to be and how there is no good goalie to bail out any errors he's going to make. There's Peter Morazic <laughs> and Alex Stalock. That's right. So, if you do ever find yourself in a prison and the only thing on TV is a Blackhawks game, um, you know, there's hope for you yet. Maybe you'll get to see some fun Jack Johnson lowlights. Um, Are you implying there's going to be a yeah. TV in the prison? You're in prison, and the only thing on TV is an NHL game. <laughs> yeah, it's a, very, it's a very niche situation. But if anybody is in that situation, <laughs> there's light at the end of the tunnel. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying, the, I'm not saying okay. that situation exists. I'm saying if they did, you know, Chicago did you a solid because uh, 
Yeah, it's a good one. That's a that's a funny joke, man. Uh, you get a thirty-five-year-old. The, the Chicago front office and they're like, hmm. Should we sign Jack Johnson? Well, it'd be very nice for the people in those prisons that have TVs in them. So I think we should do it. Yeah, it's charity work. Good shit. Um, but yeah, no, it's you. You zoom. You zoom out. Bigger picture. I don't know. It's just. It's just so funny, man. Like <laughs> what? This thirty-five-year-old bum um, is getting signed to an NHL team and is being handed the third-pairing role despite being actively bad for the last like five, six years. Is great. It's it's failing upwards. Shout out Jack Johnson. Immortal. Well done. All right, time for guess who. Um, we had th- we have three teams left. Yeah. They were they are Nashville, Washington, and Winnipeg. And yesterday we were like, oh, which one should we do? Which one should we do? Did any of them do anything interesting over the past two weeks? And I said, well, former Winnipeg Jet Dmitry Kulikov was traded, so we could do the Jets. And uh, he said, close enough. Let's do it. And then today. The Jets made an actual transaction and signed Sam Gagne, so now they officially have done something semi-notable. So it fits. Massive W for us. Uh, this is uh, exactly how we wanted it to break, and we planned it 100. percent All right. So, yeah, I think this is a uh, an exhibition game at this point, since uh, we've already completed this. Well, we've already figured out who won. Um, and well, no, so, yeah, we'll keep is, uh, we'll continue Jets keeping version. score. Did you want to read up the place? Oh yeah, yeah, we, we'll yeah. continue. You, you want to yeah, see we'll if we can continue get it keeping score even though I've lost. Uh, okay. uh, whatever. I probably can't, but we'll see. Actually, I always read out the list. Why don't you read out the list this time? Okay. All right. Uh, in uh, no, it's not even alphabetical order. In in no particular order. Uh, we have Kyle Capobianco, Dylan DeMello, Brendan Dillon, Villa Heinola, Josh Morrissey, Neil Pionk, Dylan Sandberg, Nate Schmidt, Logan Stanley, Mason Appleton, Morgan Barron, Kyle Connor, Pierre Dubois, Nikolai Ehlers, J- Jensen Harkins, uh, Adam Lowry, Cole Perfetti, Mark Shifley, Kevin Stenland, Dominic Toninato, Blake Wheeler, Connor Hallebuck, David Riddick, Christian Reichel, and Sam Gagne, uh, who was just slotted in at the very end last minute. Leisure 25. Was that... Was that in alphabetical order by last name, but starting with defensemen and then moving on to forwards with the goalies put yeah. in there at an apparently random time? It was. Well done. Um, except, actually, I think Christian Reichel uh, and Sam Gagne, that was not alphabetical. They're just randomly sitting at the bottom of my list. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. So that, that's your order. <laughs> okay. Let's roll. Those are our players. You know I, man, the I've noticed as I was making this, the forward depth in the Jets has taken such a blow over the past couple it's, years. They lost Stasny, yeah. they lost Cup, Veselana just went to Europe, and he wasn't even that great to begin with. So now we've got like Morgan Barron on the third line with like Dominic Toninato, Jansen Harkins, Sam Gagne now on the fourth line. It's messy. It's gross. Um, yeah, don't expect things out of the Jets. That's what I. Uh, no matter what the people say, this is not. It's not the Jets' year. It's never the Jets here. This team stinks. All right. Let's roll. I have my It was player. almost the Jets here in 2018, but alas. It's no longer 2018. News break. Indeed. Okay. <laughs> okay. I got my player. Yeah, me too. All right. I'll mute my incoming audio in three, two, one. Sam Gagne. And I'm back. Okay. All right. I'm muting in three, two, one. My player is Neil Pionk. Okay. 
All right, I'm back. Let's go. Wonderful. So you won our last matchup over a month ago, which was Chicago, which means I have home guess advantage, which means you guess first. All right. Where shall we go? I don't even have numbers because I couldn't find them on Cap Friendly. Um, Why don't you just go was... on to uh, depth charts? Yeah, well, yeah, I just wasn't feeling it. So it's a numberless round. Um, okay, let's go with uh, draft. Yeah, do you have any remarks? Uh, I was going to say, now that you've clinched the win, you're not even putting in any more effort. <laughs> Exhibition game. Uh, but uh, I'll start with, uh, was, your, was your player drafted by the, the Jets? No, my player was not drafted by the Jets. Okay. That's tragic. All right, go ahead. Was your player uh was your player drafted in the top 50? Hmm. My player was drafted in the top 50. All right, I'm down to 12. How that make you feel? Okay. Bad. Um, okay. Oh wait, who is who's the who's the player that we said was dual nationality? Was oh yeah, Jansen okay, Harkins. let's talk about this. Jansen Harkins. Yeah. Okay. I went on sometimes like because I I in my head I thought he was Canadian. So when I saw him cat friendly, he was listed as American, I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Where was he born? So I clicked on him and now I'm gonna find it again. And according to Cat Friendly, he was indeed born in Canada in North Vancouver, BC, but his nationality is listed as American. And I was like, huh. So he is a dual citizen, probably that would imply. I wonder if Wikipedia, Wikipedia usually says that, because I think like Thomas Harley also, and it says stuff like that. And according to Wikipedia, uh, he is an American-born Canadian professional ice hockey center, and it says he's born in Cleveland, Ohio. So one of these two sites is lying to me. And I have no idea which one is which because I usually trust both of these sites 100% when it comes to like birthplaces and simple facts like that. Um, so I don't know. So we've I've just put him down as Canada slash USA for nationality. Yeah. So who knows where he's born? Maybe he was born in Mexico for all we know. Um, it's very <laughs> ambiguous. Um, but yeah, I was asking because uh, I was I was going to use a nationality question, but... You know, he's not on my list anymore, so it's okay. Um, all right. Let's proceed. Is your player Canadian? No, my player is not Canadian. This is breaking poorly. Okay. Oh, is it? Uh, I'm just counting up something real quick. Uh, no, yeah. no, I was doing so an age seven. question. Doesn't really work. Doesn't really work. So let me... Why don't I try... A first name question. Sort by first name. And this is where I can... Well, first of all, this is where I can see that I misspelled Dylan on Dylan Sandberg's name. But anyway. <laughs> uh, does, does your player's first name start with the letter K or earlier? First name. Um, no. All right. It's an even split, so I'm down to six. How friendly. Um, was your player drafted? No, my player was not drafted. Oh, this is horrendous. I'm down to four. And I should be uh, at three. Okay. Of course that is... happens now. Yeah. 
is your player uh, a Canadian player who was drafted by a Canadian team? Wow. Oh, that for a fun split. Down. Yeah. Yes is the answer. <laughs> All right. So I am getting rid of I'm getting rid of the Finnish player drafted by the Canadian team, the Danish player drafted by the Canadian team, and the Canadian player drafted by the American team. And down to three. Okay. Great. Um, hmm. All right. Should I just guess? That's probably not advisable. All right. Is your, is your player a defenseman? Yes, my player is a defenseman. Ah, oh, come on, man. I have, I have two very identical players. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, okay. I got three players left. Yeah. I got the Mark. I got Mark Shifley, who's notable for you know, being one of the best players on the team, some say. And I got Sam Gagne, who's notable for being you know someone we've already mentioned and the last second addition to the Guess Who. And the last player I got left is Logan Stanley, who's uh you know, just some guy. So that's who I'm going to go with. Is your player Logan Stanley? Nah, it ain't. Yikes. <laughs> Oof. Sucks to suck. All right. Yeah. It I does. know the feeling. Uh, <laughs> I got Neil Pionk and Nate Schmidt. That's... What the fuck do I pick, huh? This is impossible. <laughs> they're, just, they're just the same. They're, like, remarkable enough, but it's, like, it's like a 5 on 10 remarkable. Both American defensemen born in July. I have no way to, <laughs> no way to differentiate these two. Um, okay. Is your is your player man Nate Schmidt? My player is not Nate Schmidt. Tragic, man. That's I was I was leaning Pionk, I gotta say. Just okay. Kidding. I wasn't leaning anybody. So if, I, if I get this right now, then I win round one. If it's Gagne, I'm gonna, I'm gonna scream. Just kidding, I won't. Fire away. So it's your player, Mark Shifley. Nah, it's not Mark Shifley, dog. <laughs> oh, I'm screaming. <laughs> Tragic. Okay. Oh, come on. <laughs> your player, Neil Pionk. Yeah, this is ridiculous. No fair. Yeah. Is your player sure Sam Gagne? It is Sam Gagne. Okay, <laughs> it's a tie in round one. Can't believe that. <laughs> Uh, that's that called for. It was uncalled for. I agree. No, I'm gonna randomize again. I hope I get Sam Gagne again. I mean, jokes. I hope I get. I hope I get a goalie who will piss you off. Okay, I'm randomizing now. All right. Okay, I will be muting in three, two, one. Villa Heino. And I'm back. Okay, I'm muting in three, two, one. This one's going to be fun. I got Nate Schmidt. All right. Back. Okay. So I and guess now, first this time. Starts. Shall you start? Uh, I do start, don't I? Yeah. Yep. All right. I'm going to sort by age. See if you got a nice age split to open things off. Uh, it's all right. It'll do. Is your player 26 or younger? No. Hey, uh, yes. I'm down to 12. Yes. Wait, oh, yes. oh, I'm not 26, down to 12. 26 or younger? 
Yeah, is my player is your player twenty six or younger? Yeah, yeah, they are twenty six or younger. I misled you. Yes. Uh okay. Sorry to okay, rain on your it. parade. Um, okay. <laughs> is this uh, like in the game of poker, professional poker, where someone's like, "I fold." Just kidding, I don't. That I and to see what everyone else's reactions were. <laughs> yeah, I was just throwing you off your game, man. I can already guarantee yeah. you a W. Uh, all right. <laughs> it's, it's my next level strategy. Um, just give fake answers and, and see how you react. Uh, all right. Was your player drafted in the first two rounds? Uh, no, my player was not drafted in the first two rounds. Okay. Cool. All right. Let's see if I sort by number. See what that does for me. Um. Does your player have a number that is less than 70? Yes. Oh, come on. Leave me with seven here. <laughs> Enjoy. Cruel. Hey, man. Okay. Let's go by age or by birthday. Was your player born in 1993 or earlier? Um, let me verify that. I'm verifying. Yes, my player was born 1993 or earlier. Okay. Uh, what do I want to do? Should I go back to... I always like the draft spot questions. Those are Mm -hmm. usually pretty easy and nice. Was your player... Uh, was your player drafted in the top 45? Hmm. My player was drafted in the top 45. Oh, come on. I'm down to four now. Hell oh, yeah. You love to see it. I th- it was, it was the... you last time. <laughs> it was the initial question. No, I've, I've, uh, you're only asking bad questions now. All right, here we go. Um, oh, this is fun. Like, now the universe is telling me to use this split because all these players are that are drafted are also born in 1993. Um, so either way, it gives me the same result. Uh, was your player drafted? No. Okay. So they were not born in 1993 is what you're telling me. I never said that. You don't have to comment. You don't have to comment. You can just, <laughs> just go ahead. Okay. Um, is your... Hmm. I was gonna ask a question, but now I've I'm getting second thoughts. Is your player twenty three or younger? Yeah. Okay, down to my final two: Billy Hanala and Dylan Sandberg. Okay. Well, I'm down to three. I can win it right here. Uh, I've got David Riddick, Nate Schmidt again, and Brendan Dylan. Did you have Brendan Dylan last round? Wasn't that a whole thing? Or no, it's Logan I, Stanley. I on class See, round. They, <laughs> no, I meant your 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 guess. You had like Logan Stanley as your nobody guy who was supposed to be your easy slam. Oh yeah, guess. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Brendan Dillon seems about right. Is your player Brendan Dillon? No, my player is not Brendan Dillon. Wow, that's shocking. It's insulting. All right, go ahead. Okay, so I got. Billy Hanley here, Dylan Sandberg. They're both, in general, 
very similar. They're both, you know, left shot defensemen, semi-promising prospects who are probably both going to play. But what what makes Vili Hainala more notable to the two of us is that right when Sam Gagne signed today, I said, let's put him in and remove Hainala. And then eventually you said, David Gustafson is way less notable. Let's take out, let's take him out instead. So that's what we end up doing. And Vili Hainala is now notable for being the guy who almost wasn't in the quiz. So that's why I can't guess him. Is your player Dylan Sandberg? Nah, it ain't. Nope. Oh! No chance. <laughs> Boo! Drafting all the notable players. Not drafting. <laughs> yeah, this, guy, this guy really said Vilja Heinola is notable. I, just, I thought you, this would be a slam dunk. This guy did not seem notable at all. But, well, uh, didn't, has Dylan Sandberg that notable either? Fair. Fair. But this is this is the, the smallest amount of remarkable. Like, I said 5 on 10 <sighs> last time. Like, Vilja Heinola is like a 2 on 10. Like, and he's a 1 on 10 if we hadn't talked about him before. So, think about that. All right. Nate Schmidt or David Riddick? That uh, seems pretty straightforward to me. Is your player Nate Schmidt? Yeah. Quality. Man, Quality. I thought, Ooh. of course yeah. you would end up with him next to a goalie. I was so sure you weren't going <laughs> to guess him till the end because I, mean, I was Schmidt versus Pionk last round. You are like, these players are exactly the same. Um, wow. But I was wrong because he ended up with a goalie. I should have got my first. What I was about to guess was, is your player European? And that would have left me with with uh, Heinola and Ehlers. And I would have gotten it. Yeah. But I didn't. You didn't. Uh, I, didn't. I, I should have asked, is your player Nate Schmidt from the very beginning? But, you know, it just didn't occur to me. Um, <laughs> let's go to run. You know, yeah. I should have done. I should have done. I think it, it worked for me recently. When yeah. instead of doing a bunch of even split questions to try and swing a little harder. Okay. Yeah, go for it. Swing. Swing away. Yeah, I will. You have another round. Um, I have another round to try and end out with a tie. Okay. okay. I, got my, I got my player. Me too. Okay, I'm muting a 3-2-1. Adam Lowry. And I'm back. Okay, I'm muting a 3-2-1. My player is Dylan DeMello. Okay. All right. We good? So, yeah. Yep, go ahead. Swing away. Okay. Should I swing? I don't know. Kind of tempted. But uh, all I need to do is secure the tie, so maybe not. All right. I'm going to go with... uh, Hmm. I was going to go name, but uh, maybe last name? That, that could be cool. Yeah, sure. Last name. Is your player's last name start with? Does your player's last name start with uh, H or earlier in the alphabet? Yes. Off to a good start. Off to a good start. Here's a fun start. swing. Does your player have a number that is an even number? Is it a fun swing? Let me. Let me see. Uh, no. Ah, this swing has not paid off. All right, so that means your player either doesn't have a number or has an odd number. So goodbye to all the even number folks, of which there are relatively too few. (laughs) You know, actually, I'll admit it now. Actually, I'll say say what I was trying to do. I really wanted to try and get a final four that included Pierre-Luc Dubois 
and Dylan DeMello so that I could ask, does your player have more than one capital letter in either his first or last name? <laughs> oh, a noble goal. A noble undertaking. <laughs> but, um, but it didn't happen. <laughs> you tried. Okay. Uh, let's see. All right. Was your player drafted in uh, the first two rounds? No, my player was not drafted in the first two rounds. Cool. Is your player... Uh, oh, oh, wait a second. This isn't actually so bad after all. I just noticed I still have 13 players. Ah. That was like pretty much an even split. <laughs> How'd that happen? <laughs> Did I count that right? I hope I counted it right. Anyway, uh, is your player Canadian? My player, uh, let's see. Now that I've, uh, I don't have enough sheets, I've lost all the data on these players. Okay, my player is not Canadian. Great, I'm at seven. Okay. Okay. Uh, hmm, should we put these? Oh, should I swing for the fences? I think I shouldn't. Was your player drafted in the sixth round? Yes, my player was drafted in the sixth round. Nice. Got the three. Is your player American? Yep. Down to three. All right. Let's see if I can secure the tie and thus the win. With uh, uh, This is a bit problematic, though, because I have Mason Appleton, Morgan Barron, and Dylan DeMello. None of whom ring any bells. Uh, so yeah, I'll just... <laughs> None of whom ring any bells. <laughs> Who are these? I have to guess. I don't know. Beats me. I have to guess. Uh, Morgan Barron. Is your player Morgan Barron? No, my player is not Morgan Barron. Of course, it's not Morgan Barron. What am I clowning on, huh? What is this? Goddamn, <laughs> making a fool of myself. All right, all right, go ahead. Three players I have left: Dominic Toninato, could be that. Connor Hellebuck. That's a goalie. And Kyle Connor. That's one of the best goal scorers there is. The The choice is clear. Is your player Dominic Toninato? Nah, he's not. I'm so bad at this game. <laughs> oh, I botched it. I did botch it. Mm, that's, that's painful. All right, anyways. Go ahead. My Wait, how did you botch yes. it? What did you botch? Uh, I bought... Mm, my player is not... A, they're Canadian. It's just... I gave the wrong answer, man. Oh, oh you gave me the wrong <laughs> answer? Hey, I win the round. Oh. I win the round automatically. Yeah. It's pain. What did you pain. do? What did you answer wrong? Adam Lowry is Canadian, but he's American-born. And so my ass saw that he was born in St. Louis... And I said that he was American. One of the fact he uh, does play for Team Canada. Uh, so yeah, uh, this whole this whole uh, you know, what was it Jansen Harkins bit? It was foreshadowing for this exact error. Uh, it was, wasn't it? You know, if we were, if we really, if you really wanted to be a stickler, you could say he is American, and it was my responsibility <laughs> to know that. <laughs> 
Uh-huh. But I appreciate the fact that you're not such a dick, so you're not going to do that to me. <laughs> no, I don't think I don't think the, the loophole is there for me to take. Um, it's there. It's yeah, there. Actually, he is technically uh, an American yeah. citizen. You know, actually, on my spreadsheet, well, remember I mentioned that I, I had to Google shit because I ran out of spreadsheets, so they left. Um, but even if I had checked my spreadsheet, I just like pressed undo a bunch of times. Adam Lowry is listed as American. So looks like I was doomed to make this mistake okay. either way. So sucks here's, suck. one, here's one thing, though. That's on me. Yeah. If I did have a final four that was these three plus Adam Lowry, yeah. I am 90% sure I would have guessed Adam Lowry anyway. So maybe that makes you feel better. I can rest easy. <laughs> I can sleep okay. easy tonight knowing I want to tie the guess who either way. And that they, there's nothing I could have done. <laughs> okay. Do you want to guess guess my player just for shits? Yeah, sure. So I had uh, – who did I even have uh, at the very end? I, fuck, I even lost that. It's okay. I, who did I have? Mason Appleton and, like, some other dude who I no longer recall and can no longer summon on my Excel sheet. Um, oh. It was Dylan DeMello, Mason Appleton, or Morgan Barrett. So was your player Mason Appleton? No. Oh, okay. There you go. I'm good. I'm good. Who was it? <laughs> okay. It was it was DeMello. You okay. had already guessed right. Morgan Barrett. I didn't make any mistake yet. Was that? Yeah, I already guessed Morgan Barrett. No, I guess it was an Appleton. Uh-huh. Turns out I would have gotten it in the last I round. Got, yeah. I got three consecutive defensemen of exactly equal notableness in uh Pionk Schmidt DeMello. Yeah. Five on ten. That's uh pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Um so yeah there you go. Guess who? It's a tie today. Um last last Indeed. round shenanigans there. And uh yeah that's that's that. Do you think do you think there's anyone who was listening to this podcast who when we were talking about Jansen Harkins being a dual citizen was thinking to the Jets roster and be like, Adam Lowry's a dual citizen too. How don't you know this? And then <laughs> felt validated when it came back to bite us. Yes. Do you think that person exists? Uh, I do. You know what? I, I'm going to be an optimistic Oliver for once. And uh, <laughs> yes, I think that person exists. And uh, that's right. They're, they're pumping their fists in cosmic justice. They're happy that we... I got my dude, my dude, like I fucking, I got bone. There we go. All right. Uh, Well, anyway, you might have noticed this episode was on a Friday. Didn't even mention that. Um, We will, I imagine, be skipping the upcoming Monday. And you can probably expect uh, an episode the week after that, whether it be on Sunday or Monday or Tuesday. We'll get back into rhythm as the season approaches. And... Uh, actually, uh, since the end of September is technically is uh, when we started this whole podcast business three years ago, that is when we unofficially slash officially pronounce a new season of Fusion. And it's our last episode of every September is the first episode of our upcoming season. And now we will be entering season four of Fusion at Hockey Podcast <laughs> to mark the occasion. I, I always alter the... Uh, I make a little new arrangement of the our theme song. So look out for that in a little less than a month. Hell yeah. Big hype. Okay. So I think... Is there anything else when I said add? season four. Yeah. That's crazy. 
just nuts. Oh man, <laughs> it's been three years. I don't know. Just uh, yeah, that's just that's just crazy to me. Yeah, when you're doing something only for fun and no other reason, it's pretty easy to keep going. Hello. Yeah, absolutely. And so, hell yeah, big anniversary, three years. That's a that's, that's a commitment. That's a commitment. And yet it doesn't feel like that. It still feels like we're having a blast. Just walking it feels around. Like hanging out. Yeah, because yeah. we would we, we would have these exact conversations anyway, whether or not we were holding microphones. So exactly, it just happens to be documented and on Spotify. But uh, yeah, we just happen yeah. to be able to go back and listen to our old takes, um, if we wanted to, which we extremely rarely, if ever, do. <laughs> I don't need to embarrass myself like that. I think I'll let my bad takes die. And never be brought up from the dead. I'd be happy to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I've had some banger takes, though. Oh, yeah. 100%. More than me, probably. Yeah. I don't know. Like, anyways. Well, um, the other thing is, so I tend to remember a lot of my takes. So when they turn out true, I just bring them back up again to brag. <laughs> That's true. And I don't. I The moment that take exits my mouth, there's a, there's a, there's a about it for maybe like two weeks. And then, and then the take is about separate, so separate the take from the take artist. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, yeah. You can even, yeah, I, I'm, I'm humbled. You call my takes. That, that implies that my takes are art. Um, which <laughs> I don't know if I go so far, but okay. yeah, there we go. Anyway, that's the episode. Thanks for listening. Instagram is fusion and hockey podcast. And we'll be back in about a week and a half. Ciao.